I want to tell you about a vision I had. Well, it was more of a dream than a vision. Anyway, I had a dream that the only way I could save the church is if I get into a car and record a video of myself facing up, like shot Mm -hmm. up, Uh and I sit in a Walmart parking lot, and everyone can clearly see I'm at a Walmart, Mm -hmm. and I just talk about a vision I had. That's the vision I had. I had a vision that I will save the church. Did this? Did someone do this thing that you're referencing? Famously, you, Taylor Marshall did this. He sometimes you reference things that I don't know anything about. He, he had been, a he had a whole a whole video where he he uh, talked about a vision he had about like the church was like this 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 woman this naked woman laying on the on her side and like she was in labor and I'm like dude that's just Revelations twelve. Yeah, you can't you can't just be like I had a vision and it was the one from the Book of Revelation. I had a vision. There was this guy, and on either side of him were two thieves. And in the middle, it was this, this very good guy, and he, he was getting killed, but it was unjust. It was and unjust, shouldn't have, and shouldn't have died. And then he comes back to life, and it's this vision, and I think it it's symbolic of something. I could I can't tell you what. Yay. Yay! Ethan thought of an opening joke. <laughs> Welcome to the Crunch, the only podcast that doesn't need space heaters because I already have the sun. It's your boy Ethan, and I'm Patrick. Suns are the original space heaters, and I'm not. Gonna... <laughs> that's that's easy for you to say in the uh, in Oklahoma, where the wind goes sweeping over the plain when the in wide open spaces and all that. I'm in Pittsburgh. The sun is hiding right now. It's also me, it's also nighttime. Me... Let me just say this. Right now it's like 70 degrees in uh in Oklahoma on mm-hmm. December 14th, the year of our Lord 2021. Um it's kind of nice. Yeah, it, to, go, it's, to walk it's outside and, and feel the sun, you know? Great time of year. Especially since I've been inside for uh this is my my 10th day straight being inside. Oh my gosh. Yes. That sucks, I'm, man. I know I'm ready to to go I tomorrow yeah. I'm going outside. I'm going to work tomorrow. I've never been so excited in my life. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I I I'm, I I hope that I hope that uh, your your quarantining was fruitful. Um, I hope you enjoyed all of the seasons of the Gilmore Girls that you watched. They didn't even finish the 5th season, which is kind of a bummer. They we didn't finish so the 5th season. No, we I mean we didn't we it just would we could have but wait you didn't finish i thought i was like they didn't finish the fifth season that's kind of strange. no 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 no. emma and i did not finish the fifth season yeah uh we can't watch that much tv we had to we had to meter it a little bit yeah it makes sense but feeling pretty good we're 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 at the point now where i was working from home and emma was so bored that she came in and she said i don't know what to do uh and then you know she was just like really lamenting i gave her a couple ideas she didn't take any of them and then a couple minutes later i hear some noises and i turn around and emma is bissling the couch what's that she 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 transformed her boredom into into bissillage what's bissillage? You, know about, you know what a bissell is no like the, the the little machine that has the brush and the water that sucks oh it's a vacuum a bissell oh speaking of emma hello hey i'm talking about you on the podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to be on the show? No. Do you need something? I can edit this out. I was bike. You can get your bike. Just, just come in and take it. Yeah, he, he won't. Emma is so bored that she's taking her bike in the middle of a podcast. It's crazy. Isn't it crazy how hey, bored Emma. my wife is? He won't edit stuff out for me, but he'll edit stuff out for his wife. I will edit anything for my wife. <laughs> be careful. Do you need to air up the tires? You said they were flat last check time. Check the tire pressure. Check the rear view mirrors. Patrick says to check your rear view mirrors. I'll try. Do you need some help? I think I got it. Are you sure? Use the wheels. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Have fun. Be safe. Wear a helmet. All right. Bye. Love you. We have to keep the bike in the podcasting room because we don't have a garage. <laughs> the podcasting room. <laughs> yes. My podcasting room is my dinner table. That's where that's where the podcasting room is. That's true. Uh, what were you saying? I have no idea. 
you're, we were talking about Bissling, but a Bissel, we were talking a about Bissel is a brand of vacuum. That is correct. Got I it. can't believe you did not know, but it's not just like a a vacuum. It's like a wet vacuum. Ah, I see. So it's like a you you were, she was shampooing the the couch. Yeah. Interesting how many household appliances are like, what if we had that, but we made it wet? You know, the Bissell, <laughs> the lava lamp, irons. Yeah. It just it never ends. Air fryers. Anyway, air fryers. Yeah, maybe that works. Showers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? what if we what had showers, showers before? But wet. I don't know. People just rubbed them, themselves with dirt, right? I don't know. I have a very reductive view of history, so... Yeah, I assume that everyone was just you know back back in back in the Middle Ages they in order to clean themselves they were just smacking each other with sticks you know they were just like get clean get clean if someone was dirty they had to kill that person <laughs> <laughs> that's unironically how people talk about history they're just like there's like oh you know in the Middle Ages when like kings would just like walk up to people with guns and just shoot them for no shoot reason shoot them in the head yeah you know the no that's true that's they didn't they they their brains were so undeveloped that they. Their brains are so undeveloped that they figured out intense, intricate irrigation systems, but they had to kill a guy if he was dirty. <laughs> That's what people think about history. Yeah. It's, it's, it makes me so mad. It's weird how I, I was listening to a podcast and the guy was These like, people figured out how to build buildings that lasted for thousands of years. Yeah, one caught on and fire like, recently and it's still up. Probably stupid though. It's probably probably the, the dumb freaking idiots. They were able idiots. to they were able to take on multi generational building projects that can catch on fire and remain standing. But yeah, they yes. they were dumb because they believed in they angels. figured out. Could you make a clock from scratch, Patrick? No. Could you <laughs> I don't know how to could do you that. wake up one day? I can and just, boot up and just... Windows, Microsoft Word though. I sure can do that. Yeah, and go no, typey typey on my computer. Uh-huh. It's it's really it's really funny. It, I mean, I when I was a kid, I was thinking about this today because. When I was a kid, I, when I was taught about equality under the law, mm. I was taught about equality under the law. And I don't know if you were told this too, but mm. it was like, oh, you know, like the law, it applies to everybody. Like even the president, like if the president is speeding and gets pulled over, he has to get a ticket too. And I was like, oh, wow, mm. that's crazy. And now I know that's wrong. That's just obviously. So not true. First of all, yes. if it's a sitting president, he's not driving he's not anywhere. Driving. <laughs> And second of all, like if you pull over a president, you know, it's like it's probably going to go up or down whether you give him a ticket. But um, yeah, but and, and it was like it was it was said in such a way that it was like, oh, yeah, back in the day, you know, like kings weren't under the law. They were the law. So they were above it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was like, man, that's so unfair. But, you know, it had its pros and cons because, sure, they don't have to pay taxes. But you know what a peasant doesn't have to worry about getting overthrown. <laughs> that's true. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you know, they do have to worry about dying in a king's uh, war, though. That's definitely. But but no, that's that's the other thing is that the peasants weren't conscripted into armies. Yeah, they were raised you know? up. That's the, true. The idea of a standing national army is like within the last two or three hundred years. New. Yeah, and they they only you know? went if they wanted to. Right, you would just hire. You'd hire anyone. You'd hire the Swiss. You'd hire the French. You'd hire the whichever fighting force that you wanted. You know, but depending, you might levy a tax. Well, standing armies existed in, in, in ancient empires like Rome. Sure, 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 sure. But, but the Christian nations didn't have standing armies. The correct. Jews didn't have standing armies. No. no that's kind of why they got their butts handed to them when they stopped following the Lord. Yes. They did have a standing army for a while. There's a whole Old Testament about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about just the army. I Can you answer me this? You study the Bible. Sometimes. So... This is the thing that really gets me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is just like a, you know, Ethan's an idiot kind of a thing. It's not, how, many pe- that. how many people were in Israel? Probably like 650,000, give or take. A ton. Like a lot. A lot. Like if you, when all of the tribes were assembled after the conquest of Canaan, they were like. Yeah, you could probably find like a really bad HTML website that gives you an exact number. Sure. But I, it's somewhere, it's north of and a half reason, a million. And, and at, the, at the end of that number is also a reason why Barack Obama is the devil. You know? <laughs> yes. It's north of half a million, south of a million. Like, sure. it was a lot of people, but it wasn't, like, crazy. It was probably the size of a, of a, you know, of a good-sized American metropolitan area. Yeah, it was at know? least was, the size of the Boss Wash co- Corridor, you know? Indeed. smaller than that. So, sometimes in the Bible it says, And then Joshua spoke to Israel. Or and then Moses <laughs> said to Israel, yeah. and I'm just thinking like I got a hard time getting an audience 
with like the drive through dude at McDonald's. Like he won't listen to me, you know, <laughs> like he's having a hard time paying attention. Yeah. So I'm wondering, they didn't have microphones. No. And I know that sometimes they would design like round spaces to amplify voices. Yeah. But I don't know if you could amplify your voice to 600,000 people, you know? So when Josh was up there speaking and he's saying like, all right, everybody, you guys got to move over here and you're going to go over here. Is there is there just like a group of dudes who are just running and like shouting what he's saying? Hey guys, backwards? listen up! This is guys, what he this said. This is what he said. And then there's another guy. Hey guys, listen up! This is what. Hey guys, listen up! This is what. He said. Hey guys, listen up! This is what he said. Like, is that? Did how? You just knock something over? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels well, like think... in the Bible they skip over the actual logistics of yeah. how they communicated. Well, they don't like they don't like go into the the intricate details of the polity of Israel, but no. Um, there are like princes of the different tribes. Yeah. So what I can assume is like the princes of the tribes, however, the tribe governed itself. It would send those people to talk to Moses. Moses spoke to them and that was him speaking to Israel. To Israel. I I see. Even with when, when, you know, if the, if the president during the state of the union, he addresses the nation back in the day before TV cameras, he's addressing Mm -hmm. Congress it's like mm-hmm. these kind of, he's addressing the nation in a way sure. a, a, in a representative fashion. I mean, yeah. we would never say that because like Marco Rubio is not we don't consider him to be Florida, you know, in the same way that like <laughs> the the chief of the chief of of Naftali was like that guy that that guy's Naftali right that there. That guy's yeah yeah yeah. That that yeah. boy right there is Dan. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. Hmm. It's just a uh, it's interesting how uh I just always imagine that. I'm like, man, he must be shouting right now. Just absolutely. like He's just yelling. Uh, Hear, but, O Israel, but, the Lord your God is one God. What did he say? I think he said we're kind of odd. Anyway, very, very good I think. What did he say? I think he said we should start worshiping that statue again. <laughs> that guy no. just immediately gets slapped with a stick. Yes. That's, he gets killed. He gets killed. Because that's how they solve things back then. That's how they solve things back then. They're just like, right to jail. Um. Any, thank you for answering my Bible question. This has been the Bible cast. Take that, everyone who is upset at us for not doing another Bible cast. Yeah, sorry, guys. We just did one. It's hard. It is difficult. And also, and also, uh, school picked up. And so I was doing a lot of studying uh, for that. But mm-hmm. And so it was hard to, like, justify another studying. <laughs> we might be able to do the Bible cast more frequently if we just trade it off. Yeah, like you know? who preps it? Well, not even who preps it, but just like even recording. Just like record one mm. on your own, post it. Then I record one on my own, post it. Post it, yeah. I mean, that that way we didn't, wouldn't have to... Because that's the main problem for me is just finding another time to schedule two With hours. Me, yeah. 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 yeah, So... I mean, it, it's going to be a little easier for me next semester because my, my schedule is not going to be two in-person classes. It's going to be one online, one independent study. Mm. Um, and so that's like a really low bar, which is nice because that is nice having a kid next semester um and so four people will be understandable if i'm absent whereas a classroom of 19 you know we can't just reschedule a meetup with those those 19 people um but i i i was i was really sprinting this last semester to get my uh my papers done for those of you don't know i wrote two 20 page papers this semester on religious freedom and uh i I researched all semester and then I wrote both papers over the course of Thanksgiving break and I was not happy with them, Ethan, but I told oh. you I was not happy with them. I, I mean, I, I, I finished a paper last semester that I was like, this could get published. And I submitted these two and I was like, these are papers. <laughs> they are passable. And I was yeah. like, these are not up to my standards, but they are certainly up to the standards of the master theological studies program at the Franciscan university of Steubenville, Ohio. And, uh, but I got an email back today that said that, um, my professor was like, these are really excellent. We've been talking about getting these published too. And I'm like, hot oh, wow. diggity dang. Yeah. Which means, which means if all, which means I have written not, they're not published, but I've written three publishable papers in a year. Wow. I know. Right. That's not bad. When are we going to start seeing some of that academic publishing money coming, uh, coming through the podcast? Well, never, but um, okay. <laughs> it's not exactly, it's not exactly a lucrative. Uh, are you telling me that, that postgraduate studies isn't the, the thing that, just rakes in the dough. Well, postgraduate studies in a degree that's not STEM, yeah. <laughs> you sure. Know? If anything I mean, that doesn't you, serve it, because yeah. theology doesn't serve the technoc the technocrat the technocracy, obviously. Techno- Technopoly. Techno- techno- 
technopoly, technocracy. In a post-Minian, in, in, in the words of Neil Postman. Is that what were you saying? I don't remember what I was saying. I'm just saying that I'm proud of you. Thank and you. I'm I just really wanted to excited. toot my own heart a little bit because I'm, I'm in. That's I, okay. Toot away. When I get really excited about something, I want to share it. And, and I, I can share it with all the people, you know? Yes, everyone. I'm trying to think if there's anything I'm excited about. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> excited about we could do another podcast. I'm excited about another podcast. I'm excited to be out of quarantine tomorrow. I'm excited to see my family for Christmas. I'm not excited about the impending travel and uh, yeah. uh, general disruption of the routine. I see. Which it's interesting that I bring up routine because that's my topic. <gasps> really? Unless you had a topic that I you don't. Wanted to talk about. So we just we waltzed into this completely blind. Yeah, we did. I you I had no clue. Why well, I, I had no clue, but I also had a. We've also done this many times, and also I can I want I've been meaning to talk about religious freedom on the podcast, but I didn't oh. want to do that until I solidified my thoughts. That's probably for the you wrote two papers and your thoughts aren't solidified. No, they are now. Oh, I see. Well, we can do. Do you want to do the the next episode on religious freedom? Sure, we can. And I um, yeah, I I, I wrote two papers, and normally my 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 paper writing system, I'll have my thoughts organized by the time I'm r- sitting down and writing, and I'll have like a narrative written down and an outline. Um, mm-hmm. But I did not have that when I was writing, and it was like so stressful. <laughs> Because it's hard. You want to organize your... Let me tell you this. If you're writing something that's long, you want to organize your thoughts before you have 20 pages to read through, to reorganize them. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I did not have that, but I did it. Uh, So yeah, we'll do a religious freedom episode soon because uh, religious freedom is super interesting. It is. I don't think... I don't think people should have the freedom to worship whatever they want. I think they should be forced, mandated... The church would agree and disagree with you. <laughs> the church, it's interesting because it's the, there's a fundamental right to freedom. John Paul II spent a lot of time fighting about, fighting for uh, religious freedom in Soviet states, mm-hmm. um, which includes the right to not be Christian, which is like odd. So it's like, hmm, there's something there. But we're not talking about that this week. We're no. talking about that next time. There's three really interesting characters in the drafting of Dignitatis Humanae. And uh, good old Carol Wojtyla is one of them. That's the man. And I did the, in order to make myself feel better about playing World of Warcraft during quarantine. I named my guy Carol Wojtyla. <laughs> <laughs> Carol Wojtyla, famous for wanting to conquer the world. Wait, is that true? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what game were you playing? World of Warcraft. Oh, never mind. It's it's uh he well it's it's a game where you use the forces of light to defeat the forces of darkness. Oh okay, unless that's you, fine. Unless you choose to be the forces of darkness, in which case you're a bad guy, a bad a bad dude. So, all right, I want to talk about routine. Patrick, hit me with a crunch on that jingle. Okay. Oh, crunch on that, my home and native topic. Oh. With every podcast, we all become more smart. Moo! I don't know the rest of the words to the national anthem of Canada, but all I can assume is moose, 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 moose. Okay, is that is that funny? Did that work? That was pretty good. Thank the you. The Scruple Podcast, podcast. is <laughs> till all the world. <laughs> When I when song? I was when I when uh someone mentioned the O antiphons in the Crunch Discord <laughs> and I what <laughs> and I was immediately you know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> and I immediately thought oh, oh. antiphons <laughs> the O antiphons thing gets me every year because it's like you guys forgot about that until someone posted about it on Twitter. And now, <laughs> and now you're, you love the O antiphons every year. I'm sure you do. I don't know I'm if sure you, you knew do. this, but it's actually an acronym. I don't know. Actually. What? I don't know. I it's keep just... looking for them in my breviary and I can't find them. I don't know where they are. Yeah. I don't understand the breviary. Um, <sighs> the advent breviary is interesting because it's based on a holiday that has a fixed date. So it's like the whole, mm-hmm. the whole every, every day this past week, mm-hmm. it's like, is it December 17th yet? Yeah. Is it December 17th yet? And I'm like, no, no it's not. All right. Carry on. Cool. Keep Pro- going. Pro- Keep proceed. Going. If this Tuesday falls on the 16th, do not read this. What? 
Crap. Get a better boom arm. I just fixed it last night. I can't believe anyway. you broke the boom arm that I bought you. I sent you didn't, it to you. This was a gift from my mother for Christmas two years ago. Oh, Don't. I thought even I, I thought we. I thought I suggest that the same you one purchase that I have. I thought me. that we bought this at the same time. No, you bought it for oh, yourself. Oh yeah, I had a. And I, had a I boom gave arm you a hard forever. time. <laughs> gave you a hard time, and you never bought me one. And now I don't have a boom arm. Looks like the boom's on the other foot now. The boom's on the other mic now. The mic's on the other arm. No. Looks like anyway. the shoes on the other boom. I would like to talk about my topic. Okay, please talk about it. <laughs> uh, there is a. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. I don't really know what people are saying these days. <laughs> it's okay. You can laugh. Let me let me tell you a little something about my opinions. I don't think people know too much about what they are saying no more, huh? You know what I'm saying? I don't know what people are saying about prayer oh, okay. these days. Gotcha. We're getting closer and closer to the topic. It's like it's yes. like we're it's like we're having a stab an establishing shot of the topic. Yeah. Ethan is confused. And we get more and more focused, like, oh, Ethan's confused about prayer. And we're zooming in. Continue yeah. zooming. This is the commentary of the movie. Thank you. You're yeah, welcome. we got it. It's less of a zoom and more of a, a slow drain around a toilet bowl. It's, a, um, it's, a, <laughs> it's like a funnel. It just keeps going. It's like a funnel. It's a flush. The, the prevailing sentiment is that when you are a layperson, mm-hmm. You should just be able to figure out how to how to pray, right? <laughs> and and we've said we've said lots of things on this podcast that I probably would go back and and take take away. I agree with um, all of my former opinions. Thank you. I am not legally allowed to agree with all of my former opinions. <laughs> the just things things that we've said and, and that I've said about frequency of daily mass attendance and you know how many holy hours you should be praying and rosary and breviary and divine mercy chaplet and everything i just wanted to to take a second and just talk about how freaking challenging it's been uh to leave uh active ministry and to like continue having any kind of spiritual life interesting um which i know is like a well-documented thing but i it's it's an easy thing to not talk about because it's like if you if you pray less than you prayed when you were in ministry, then you feel like a failure and you feel like you're not doing what you ought to be doing. Uh, yes, yeah. And sometimes I think people can hold up, you know, uh, a certain group or a certain way of living or a certain thing, whether it's the daily holy hour or daily mass as like, or any other thing, the rosary, whatever, as this thing that if I don't do this, then I'm not, I'm not holy and I'm not, I'm not good enough and I'm not praying as much as I should. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't think we give enough um, the the reality of transition is probably way worse than most people say. And so I, I, I wanted to kind of just like hear your experiences kind of leaving college and getting married and now being 
being pregnant um, and how you anticipate Mm -hmm. like looking forward when you do have a child that's, you know, walking around farting on the walls and stuff. That's what as children do. Yeah. As children do. Um, How you anticipate handling that, that transition. Cause I think it's been six months since I started my, my new job. And I just now kind of feel like I have the, the bandwidth and the capacity and it's been four months since I've been married that I just now have the bandwidth and capacity to just like take stock and start to re-implement things like holy hours mm-hmm. and re-implement like a proper daily mass schedule. Yeah. But for the beginning, like over the summer and right after I got married, I was trying to like maintain this level of, of doing that just like wasn't working. Yeah. And I was getting super burnt out and super frustrated and super tired. And like, I had no energy for prayer and everyone around me was like, still praying and having all these conversations and I was just trying to keep up and trying to whatever. And it just wasn't working. And nobody told me that I could just like slow down and do the, do the bare minimum until I got my feet under me. Yeah. Um, And I, I don't, I think people feel like that you're a bad person if you do that. Mm. Um, Mm, Yes. And I don't want, I don't want people to feel that way. So I don't know. I've, I've said a lot and there's more to say, but yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't want to give, I don't want to be like, yep. If you're, if you feel kind of busy, you have license to not pray because I don't think Mm -hmm. that's true at all. But I I don't think that's true either. I think there are quite a few people who are not in that camp of wanting to have license to not pray that they, but they're still, they're on the other side. They're on the other extreme where they're beating themselves up like, Oh, I can't pray as much as I should. Okay. I, I wanted to bring this up because you mentioned the, um, not only transition, but also like life situation and mm-hmm. the actual, uh, the actual, like the, 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 what do you do when you pray thing? Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. varies based on life situation. And I cannot, I cannot have seen, I cannot bring a better illustration than when, uh, in the year, in the year of our Lord, 2015, a bunch of, a bunch of high, college and high school aged Catholics on Catholic anons on Catholic Twitter wanted to put together a Catholic Twitter conference. Could you imagine? And, um, I remember this. Someone put forth a proposed schedule, um, and they had a. Uh, How do you remember this? <laughs> because I I remember being like, this is crazy. It's not. It wasn't crazy. It was just like not a. Um, it wasn't feasible. It was. Op- it would open with morning mass, which of course at a conference would take roughly an hour and a half. And mm-hmm. then later in the day, there before that there was morning prayer. Later in the day, there was daytime prayer and a, a communal rosary. And then in the evening, there was evening prayer. And then it ended with a holy hour at night. And I was like, "There's no time for conference." No. This is when. When do you go to the bar? When do you skip the talks and go drink? When do you conference? There's no. This is just. This is what you're. What you're describing is monasticism, which is fine. Do monasticism, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. that's not a conference. And I really appreciated the C conferences because that was what it was. You would skip the talks to go drink or you would skip the talks to go pray. That's great. You know, like there's 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 breaks in the schedule. Adoration Chapel is open and it's huge. You know, I think Seek did conferences really well. Um, did, past tense. <laughs> empty chairs and empty tables. <laughs> we got to come back 2023. We'll be there. Oh, my gosh. We're going to be old farts then. We're, these kids are going to be like, I remember Patrick, my older brother used to listen to you. <laughs> we're going to be 25 and 26. No, nope, that's that old. old. I'm going okay. to have a baby. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm really, yeah. It, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I, I remember that because of the because of the the, inc- the impossibility, essentially, of, of you know, it, if you want to get together and do a retreat where you just pray nonstop, that's cool. That's fine. But it, like what well, that's not a conference, you know. No, no. Um so like call it something different. But I but it it's just kind of illuminating cuz I was like I guarantee this person does not do this. Yes. Um cuz they have class, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh but is And this, they're on Twitter. Yeah, right. And I was like would and Twitter is the obviously the anti-bravery because you check it nonstop all the time. Um and you carry it everywhere you go. The uh but I, but I remember the reason why it stuck in my brain was I was like, is this what people think? Or is this what I think? Mm. Is this what I think I'm supposed to be doing? Because it kind of mm-hmm. made me feel guilty. I was like, am I, am I right. supposed to be doing a holy hour and a rosary? And can I not do the rosary during the holy hour? And am I supposed to be going to mass daily and also praying the breviary? And can I not pray the breviary at mass? You know, like that's, that was just kind of like, it, it was, it was, um, it was frustrating and it didn't, it, 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 it tried to, um, it imposed a routine 
on the quote-unquote conference participants. I'm giving this too much credence. But it imposed a, a prayer routine that is, and, and assumed it to be universal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a little frustrating. But I sometimes think we do that to ourselves. That's the point. Because yeah, this, was not, totally. this was not an organization coming together and deciding, let's do this. This is a person imposing a prayer routine on himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that person might still listen to the podcast. Sorry. Uh, but I'm not that worried. Yeah. I mean, we all, we all did weird Catholic things when we were in college. Um, I started a podcast when I was in college. That was pretty weird. Yeah. Uh, Ethan started a podcast. So, uh, it was, it, I think we do that to ourselves. I think I, I think I impose at least a, an unrealistic, idea of what my prayer life is supposed to look like and i think that's going to make me holy but that doesn't Mm -hmm. make me holy what god does when i'm praying makes me holy Mm -hmm. it's kind of a works thing it's kind of like if i if i do this that's true if i do this i'm gonna be holy but it's like there's a there's a lot of works things going around in the catholic world if i read this book don't tell the Protestants. they'll make fun of us well they're right sometimes if i read this book if i schedule this many holy hours if i Go to this many daily masses. If I pray this many rosaries, yeah. if I pray this many novenas, if I pray this many chaplets, whatever. Yeah. I have done all of the. I have done all of the rituals to ensure that I get into heaven. Right, as the classic drill tweet goes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, a lot of that, in the, the pop Catholicism ethos. Yeah, and it's because people are afraid to admit that, because it's it's the same thing that. Um, like what we were talking about with the pro-life issue not too long ago. Like if, if you tell somebody who's like super pro-life, like, yeah, that's really important, but there's like other important things and they get mad at you. It's like they're not wrong because like it's this preeminent thing yeah. that's really important and you shouldn't minimize it. But also there's 10,000 other things that I could care about in my daily life, you know? And so like I can't be expected to only ever think about the evil of abortion and like the, the righteousness of the pro-life cause. Sometimes I got to think about cheese, you know, like I really, <laughs> when I'm need, buying cheese <laughs> or, or just when it's almost time for dinner, when you're falling asleep or when, you, you know, <laughs> when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're just like, man, man, cheese, we have a whole bag of shredded Fiesta blend in the fridge that I am just dying to get my little fingers on after this <laughs> podcast. Anyway, <laughs> I eat spoonfuls of peanut butter. You eat handfuls of cheese. It's not a, it's like a shot. Like you come in with the claw, you just grab it and then you, ah, and it's just like a, how a does shot that work with the beard? The beard. Well, my beard is very small. Okay. My, my first instinct is that'll get stuck in my beard. Yeah. Well, I just don't, I insert the fingers. I don't <laughs> drop the cheese. Yeah. I don't just hold it up here and just let shredded cheese fall all over my face. <laughs> it's like rain dance. Okay. Just like you full. put, Pull a, pull a little lever and all the cheese comes down. Right. Visualize me doing rain dance by the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> For all of our listeners. <laughs> I don't know if I want to. Please. Okay, I will. Ah! <laughs> so it's it's the same thing with the pro-life thing. It's like if you say, oh, there's there's other important things right now, then you're going to get lambasted. And it's the same thing with prayer. Like the rosary is just so objectively good. I think it's lambasted. And is it... I thought it was. I think lamb base that is what you do to a turkey. <laughs> okay. uh, so Ben Eastman, report in and tell us what the proper pronunciation of the word is. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is <laughs> that it's the same thing with the rosary and the holy hour and the divine mercy chaplet. And like somewhere there's a saint or a person who has this amazing story of how they prayed this thing every day and God appeared to them. And was like, you are the most amazing person for doing that. I'm going to give you 15 doubloons. And those doubloons are going to transfer into a healed your <laughs> An mom. offshore Cayman account, offshore <laughs> account on the Cayman, in the Cayman Islands. I healed your mom. Thank oh. you for praying this every day. You yeah. should tell everyone to pray this every day. Right? Yeah. And so you have five or six of those. And they start stacking up. And people are thinking, you know that the breviary, the scapula, the rosary, the chaplet, the holy hour and daily mass are all mandatory if you if you care even a little bit about your faith. Mm-hmm. And even if people don't actually believe it, there's like a subconscious thing where it's like, "Ah, oh, I'm not doing enough." Like that's the that's anytime you ask any catholic about their prayer life. Yeah. It's like, "Ah, oh, I'm probably not doing doing enough." Um which I don't think is healthy, but it comes from a good place cuz there are lots of very beautiful ways to express devotion 
Mm-hmm. And none of those things are wrong. All I can speak of is, is for me. Like, I actually feel like I'm in a place where, like, going to daily mass every single day just doesn't make sense, you know? For the longest time, I would trip over myself to, to make it to mass every day, which is good because I, I was a missionary and a college student, and, like, I totally could make it to mass every day. No reason not to. There was rarely a day between my senior year of college and my the end of my third year on staff where I didn't go to mass. I'm in ministry, and it doesn't make sense for me. Right. My parish has very bad mass times during the day. Yeah. Well, there's there's a good mass time at my church, but it's... So here's kind of the, the thing, is that mass is at 7 a.m., Monday through Friday, okay? 7 a.m. is a great time for mass, but I go to mass at 7 a.m., and then I got to... I gotta Maybe I'll have like 10 minutes of prayer after that, and I got to drive to work, right? Because got to be there, mm-hmm. got to be on the clock at 8, 8 a.m., you know, because I, I work in sales, and people can call and want to buy something at 8 a.m., yeah. so I got to be ready. And so there's a little bit of flex, but not a ton. So basically, if I decide to go to Mass, unless I get up at 6 a.m., which doesn't always happen, read never happens, uh, then and even even if I got up at 6, I'd have to get up like at 5.30 to be able to pray a holy hour, be able to shower, get dressed, and get ready and make it to Mass at 7. Mm-hmm. So like my day has to start, you know, two and a half hours earlier so that I can you know, do all of these things. That's just not a feasible reality for me at this point in my mm-hmm. life. Maybe one day I'll be able to do both. And so I think the hard thing for me was just getting to a point where I could admit, okay, actually the, the more important thing, not that daily mass isn't important, but like I don't have to, there's a reason that mass isn't obligated every single day, yes. right? The more important thing for me with the life that I live where like I have a busy, busy job and it's it's very difficult to like, have contemplative prayer while you're on the phone with other people and while you're doing emails and stuff like that. Like if you had a manual labor job, it might be different because you could pray while you work and while you gain mastery at your craft, Mm -hmm. you know, but when people are calling the phone every five minutes, it's like, there's no time, (laughs) no time to lock in. So with the job, the kind of job that I have, like I need the time of silence more than I need the liturgy every single day. Yeah. And that, so, and the people are gonna be like, Oh, but Ethan, is it the Eucharist? The source I know the Eucharist is the source of some of our faith. Right. But and I'm still going to try to go as often as I can, maybe three, four times a week, you know, in the evenings or maybe go through over the lunch hour or whatever. Can't do it every day because I need in the morning time between because I know I could probably get up at, you know, 620 and pray from 630 to 730. I know I could do that. You know, like that hour of, of silence and prayer is is more important for my relationship with Jesus with where I'm at right now than it is like scrambling to make it to a daily mass every single day, you know, no matter what. Yeah, and a life of... And I think people need to make that calculus. Like they need to discern that and actually make a decision instead of feeling like they're always missing. And a life of consistent prayer Mm -hmm. is very important. Mm -hmm. More important than having a really good schedule you never make, you know, a a really interesting ideal. It's more important Mm -hmm. to have a life of regular prayer because then you're better disposed to receive the sacrament when you do. Mm -hmm. Um that's my professional opinion it's a good uh, opinion thank you i made it myself <laughs> um <laughs> the i i i want so deeply for myself for you for our spouses for our children for um everyone, for everyone listening. listening um to have a tangible relationship with god and sometimes um, we get in the way of that happening. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember a, a conversation I overheard between two people in my dorm when I was, excuse me, my residence hall when I was a, an RA at <laughs> Franciscan. Um, one person said, he was like, for Lent, I'm going to go to adoration every day. And um, the guy was like, why don't you just go to mass? Then you actually get to receive the Eucharist. Um, and I was like, I told him, I was like, that's an incredibly utilitarian way to look at the liturgy. <laughs> right. Um, at least I'm getting a lot out of this. Just like, you know, objectively it's, speaking. It, people, people for sure, without a doubt, treat the Eucharist like it's a power up mushroom in Mario. Yes. Where it's like, if I go to mass and I take the thing, I'll go. I, and if I, and if I don't take mass, I'll go. <laughs> I, I do. It's not good. I, I do. I do respect the the thing that 
I was told at a, at a Steubenville conference when I was a young, young boy. And that mm-hmm. was, um, uh, oh, Jesus is the best breakfast, you know? Um, I, I appreciate that that was said to me because it got me and all my friends in high school to go to daily mass all the time. That's what it got because it mm-hmm. stuck in our heads. But it is like, a, it, I do kind of bristle at it now because I'm just like, I mean, like he's not breakfast. You know what I mean? Like it, It's like, yeah. it's, it's, he's great. He's, he's really good, but he's like more than that, you know? And mm-hmm. um, the, the, the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith. Like the, the, the Eucharist in, in, by that, I mean like the sacrifice of the altar of the, of the, the mass. liturgy yes. is the source and summit of our faith, which is the quote. Um, but reception of the Eucharist is not the source and summit of our faith, you know? And it's like, that's, that's some, that's an important distinction because spiritual communion wasn't just for the coronavirus. Yeah, right. It wasn't just an infographic your parent your parish put on a PowerPoint during the live stream on Facebook. Uh, it's a it's a thing we should be doing often, and uh, it's it's good. It prepares you to receive the sacrament. I mean, like I I remember my first time receiving the Eucharist after making spiritual communion after spiritual communion every week for months. It was like actually I think it was just weeks, but it felt like months. Um, it was awesome. It was good, and I, I think uh, I think we don't. Uh, anyway, my my prayer routine right now looks like the breviary. Mm-hmm. It's because what I realized I needed <laughs> was what I what I what I needed was I needed my prayer to be picked out for me before I sat down. Yes. Um, and the breviary is great for that. <laughs> it's 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 all there. <laughs> I just carry it with me, and I can I can pray wherever I want. Like I. I I have now what I wanted when I was in when I was traveling a lot, which was a mobile chapel. I have a little prayer card that I open my breviary and I stick the prayer card in the top between the case and the book, and it's like a little altar. And I pray, and then I pack it up and I put it in my book bag and I go on my way, you know. And that's very it's and it took me a long time to find a routine that worked. And you know what? Mm-hmm. During my next life transition, it might not work as well. And I had to find a prayer routine for every place where I go. Um, the reason why my prayer routine was great over Thanksgiving vacation was because I'd already established a prayer routine at my parents' house. When I'm there, I go and I sit outside here and I, I pray this in the morning and this in the evening. Um, I don't have that for my in-laws' house, so I'm going to have to like make an intentional mm-hmm. uh, move. to. I feel like we had a conversation about this before and after every winter vacation in, high, in college. Probably. Like, oh, man, the transition, the breaks are so hard because you're out of your routine and you don't live in a building with a chapel anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. Not all of us got to live in buildings with chapels. Oh, so nice. Man, I took it for granted. You really did. Well, no, I didn't. I mean, my, my first semester of, of college, I was up there every morning at 7 a.m. Golly. It was great. Lead came at a perfect time in my life, like the, the lead retreat I went on, because that's when I learned how to pray, was right before my first semester of of, uh, of college. Like, my Steubenville, Steubenville conference came right before my first year of, of high school, and then lead came the first right before my first year at college. And like, I definitely feel like the, and, and after that, I really didn't talk to anyone that I talked to before. You know, it was like, a, mm-hmm. it was a clean break with all the people that needed to be out of my life both times, which was interesting. Um, but yes, learning how to pray was, was good. And I, I'm, and it doesn't, my prayer life does not look like it did when I learned how to pray first, but mm-hmm. the love is deeper. I can tell you that much. My relationship with my wife doesn't look like it did when it first happened, but the love is deeper. You know, that's really what matters something that's very compelling to me is uh saint ignatius of loyola that freaking guy yeah, nick sharapa just just bust through the door it's somewhere i i heard him i heard him come in does he like him oh he loves they... saint ignatius of loyola he has a big painting of saint ignatius in his house nice yeah he loves that's him he, cool. he went to a, he went to uh saint or he went to, not, not saint he went to john carroll uh university which is an, an Igna- is a jesuit school um, I and see. I was married on the feast day of Saint Ignatius. Anyway, oh, go. wonderful! Yeah, very. This is a pro. We have the the uh, first pillar and foundation up in our office. Nice as like uh, just the big. It's beautiful. Iggy, Iggy, um, too biggy to be here stressing. That's uh, Saint Ignatius of Loyola said that. Yes, he did. He said many things. Uh, that being one, <laughs> and he had this kind of the rule for the Je- the early Jesuits was really just. Weekly mass, weekly confession, daily examine. Crazy. That was it. That was it for the for the Jesuits. The guys who, you know, single-handedly, not single-handedly, the Jesuits were very, very powerful evangelists Indeed in they their were. time. 
and and some still are. The the, uh, the fact that the Jesuits weren't allowed into England is the is one of the historically credited reasons why Protestantism in England flourished. Yeah. And he did not require, and I'm sure that it developed and changed over time, but that initial group that was just so fiery and they were sending people mm-hmm. out and they were really hitting it hard. Weekly mass, weekly confession, daily examine. That was it, right? And then they spent the rest of their time uh, begging for food and money and preaching the gospel. And again, we're lay people, right? But I think it's it's telling that one of the great, the, one of the greatest spiritual masters in the entire history of the church didn't require an extensive regimen for these guys who are out and about because he knew that they, they couldn't have a monastic structure as, as Jesuits. It wasn't possible. Yeah. Um, the, and I think there's a, something to be said about how things like, like going to mass it's, it's outside your home and you probably have to drive there unless you live really close. And, you know, it's probably causes a lot of distractions if you're like semi-involved in your faith. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you're me, but uh, sometimes you listen to the priest homily and you're like, ah, you know, and mm-hmm. you're, you're judging things and you're looking at all the old people that are there and you're thinking about all the other old people. It's like mass isn't is like this peaceful, beautiful thing as we like to make it out to be. Um, it's awesome and it's amazing, but I would be lying if I didn't tell you that I spent most of the time thinking about something other than what was going on in front of me. And I think that is the, that's a problem when we don't have any other like silent time with God and it's just the mass or it's just something like the rosary, um, or even something like the breviary. It, it can be very difficult to enter into to those kinds of prayers when you aren't, when you don't have like a heart that's cultivated for silence. And that's the problem that I was finding myself in is I was going to mass every day, but I was just like out of it, thinking about work, thinking about yeah. Emma, thinking about this, thinking like, about I that. showed up and I did my prayer, but you yeah, didn't. I yeah. showed up and then, and then like you realize you're in the line for the Eucharist and it's like, Oh man, this is the first time that I've thought about Jesus this whole time. Crap, Dang. I better I better get I better prepare myself. I better get ready. Yeah, because I can't not receive or people will think I have looked at prawn. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. Ethan, why are all these shrimp on your computer? Don't ask. <laughs> prawn is the lead speak version of porn for anyone who I know. Was, I, for yeah, anyone I, who was wondering. <laughs> right. <laughs> um One of my one of my priests at, at Holy Spirit instructed me to receive uh eucharist regardless of how i felt my heart was prepared because of scandal (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i think that was wise it was not father anthony um but yeah so i um, I work for the church i need to to clarify that yeah anyway so i just i want to encourage this is just me like processing out loud i'm using this podcast as a vehicle for my own personal enrichment again uh it's worked so far that's true. Might as well keep going. That's patreon.com slash the crunch. I want to encourage myself and you and everybody else that unless you are cultivating like a heart that is actually receptive to God with your, with your spiritual life, with your life of devotion, with what you're choosing to do, if you're just choosing to do a bunch of things and, and you don't, you aren't experiencing a, a and, and it's not going to be constant growth. It's not going to be constant constellation. But you should have a an increasing capacity to receive what God wants to give you over time. And if you find yourself less and less engaged and more and more thinking about yourself, more and more turning inward, then it's time to, to change your prayer routine. Uh, even if it means stopping stopping doing something that's objectively good, like praying the rosary or going to Mass every day or you know, whatever. Um, a lot of times it's just, it's time to reset and it's like, you got to read the, got to read the gospels. You know, you got to pick up that old spiritual book that was really good for you. And there's no way that it would be good again. Cause you just read it. It's like, no, you should probably just read it again. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that it's good. Yeah. You, read you it didn't before. soak everything in the first time you read it. Definitely not. So I, I don't, I don't want to be too like, uh, 
preachy or prescriptive, just telling people what they have to do, um, or imply that there's a certain benchmark that you can tangibly see results. And like when you're seeing these results, then you know that things are going well. Cause it's hard to describe. It's like when you are, when you are living in the peace of Christ, that's how you know that your, your prayer life is, is going well. Mm-hmm. Cause even in like desolation and trial, you should still be experiencing the peace of Christ. Like the dark night of the soul, right? You, yeah. you still, you should still be experiencing peace, right? It's not like at no point should you be, and I don't think most of the people, most of our listeners are going to experience the dark night of the soul or anything. Well, you got to have a dark night of the senses first. And I feel like if you have yes. a dark night of the senses, you don't want to listen to podcasts. Yeah. So that might not be the case. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling. Don't be afraid that- to pick up like a really simple book on prayer. You know, like Jacques Philippe is great for these. That's true. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you're if you're having I mean, we used to we used to be like, you got to read Introduction to the Devout Life, which is great. But that being said, there are a lot of like historically, historically contingent advice, pieces of advice that he gives. Like, don't go Mm -hmm. dancing, which was probably good advice back then. Don't play cards. Actually, you know what? It's still good advice now. Don't go dancing. If you're an adult, you should not be dancing for any reason. (laughs) I've been to a club before. It was awful. Were you there with us in Indianapolis when we went to a club? I think I didn't. I wasn't participating in all the fun stuff that you did. It was the worst day of my life. No, I'm just. I kidding. wanted to go to the club. It was a fun. I day. do like clubs generally, but I've never been to one, so I don't really know what they're like. It was a fun experience, but I would never go back again. It was called the Patron Saint. Already disqualifying. There was a bunch of like <laughs> blasphemous imagery. Oh, not no. necessarily blasphemous, but the juxtaposition was blasphemous. So there's like pictures of saints. Bad. And like a Ouija board on the ceiling, you know what I mean? Ah, this is the this is the place where I told a uh, told the lady behind the counter I'd pay her twenty dollars to give me that statue of Saint Therese. <laughs> 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 I was like, that's pretty good. I was like, I was like, we gotta get her out of there, guys. <laughs> I know. And she was like, but it turned into an evangelization thing. She's like, who is that? And I told her the story of Saint Therese, and so she was like, that's really cool. And then she goes to work every day and looks at Saint Therese and like understands who Saint Therese is now. And I was like, she's got her. She's fine. That statue can handle itself. Yeah, we'll be fine. Um, I was like, uh, I, I, don't I was think, like, it won't fit in my yeah. carry-on anyway. I'll like be walking out of this club with a Therese statue. <laughs> um, don't be afraid to read a book written by someone in this century. Uh, don't be afraid to if you if you if you haven't if you don't have a regular prayer routine, you have no idea where to start. Start with a honestly, you you can start with a dynamic Catholic book. My for, my priest from uh, my priest my priest from my home parish um, who passed away that in January. He wrote a few books with Dynamic Catholic, and uh, which I didn't know about until like right before he died. And uh, one of them is called 13 Powerful Ways to Pray. And it is great. It is very boiler. It's very like, here's the stuff. Like, you know, try this out. If you haven't prayed before, try this out. Um, don't be afraid of that stuff. Don't hold yourself to an impossibly high standard. Like, recognize, recognize yourself. Be like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't have to read The Ascent of Mount Carmel um now yeah you know (laughs) you i i love what you said about history because i think prayer today it's it's like at the same time the exact same as it was two thousand years ago but also the culture in the world we live in is just drastically different like really really different and so you're gonna need new methods and different ways to cope and deal with how busy and loud and noisy the world is, especially if you have a job in the secular world. It's really, really hard to to figure that out, right? Gone are the days when you could just wake up and and farm and you could be thinking about like the parable of the seeds as you're as you're going out. It's like you don't work on a farm. You work in an office in a cubicle at a computer. Like that there's no there's, there's no, no parable. <laughs> there's no parable about that. And so uh we're we're in a time oh, and wait, in a no, place there is. that's what there is it? Is. Uh, I think it has yeah. something to do with wailing and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Uh, we're, we're in a different time and in a different place. And so it, it makes sense that it's harder to pray now than it did before because all the things that Jesus talks about in the Gospels and in the parables and what he says about prayer, it, it just like, it takes us an extra step. We'd be like, what's the, what's a wineskin? Like, <laughs> we're, we're just, we're removed. And why and is that's it bursting? Right, and that's okay. But it's also easier so, to pray because there's more ways to, there's more methods now. You know, there's more exactly, and there's more there's saints, more saints, and there's yeah. more yes. So I would I would do two things. One, I would find a contemporary 
uh, author on prayer, and that could be anyone from Cardinal Seurat all the way down to, you know, like we said, Matthew Kelly. It doesn't really matter. Um, the second thing I would do is I would find the holiest person that you know, like in your life, like in person, and ask them how they pray. Buy them coffee. Buy them coffee. Ask them how they pray. I'm a huge pro-coffee person, just getting people coffee. Mm-hmm. And if you need money to do that, I crunch guess this it. isn't really the crunch the crunch evangelization fund, but uh, if you really I'll can't allow afford, it. I'll allow it. All right, if you really can't <laughs> afford coffee to to talk about prayer with the holiest person you know, I'll we'll, allow it. We'll make it happen but through the crunch evangelization. I have fund. I have good news. Uh, yeah, not about the crunch evangelization fund, but I do have good news on a personal front. I brought uh, the idea of uh, giving my teens Starbucks gift cards to take their friends out to Starbucks and make their friends come to life teen. And my boss approved it. And he was like, what happens when a parishioner is like, why are you, uh, why are you giving kids coffee? Um, and he's like, what are you going to say? And I said, would you like to talk about it over coffee? <laughs> nice. Easy. Coffee is the solution to everything. Um, just get coffee with people. It's a really low barrier way to have a good low barrier, low carb way to have a good conversation. Zero calories. If you do it right. Yeah. Which is black, just straight darkest roast you can it's chocolatey hazel notes of hazelnut speaking of chocolate with notes of hazelnut let's get into dr ethan's dating court. Uh, just, I, I know it hurts i'm sorry I'm going on your I, 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 I... all right you came to the right place you ding dong it's called communication baby <laughs> Welcome to Dr. Ethan's Dating Quarter, sponsored by Catholic Match. Uh, we got we got a great one for you today. Uh, I'm ready, I'm baby. Working on pulling up. Um, He's pulling. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I don't think Catholic Match the movie is going to happen. By the way, I liked your your synopsis. You did? Yeah, I thought it was good. Thanks. I wanted to make it like a like an actual story that people would be interested in, instead of mm-hmm. like, <laughs> aren't rom coms ridiculous? Because everyone knows they are. Yeah. You know. Anyway, I wrote Catholic Match the movie if anyone wants to read it. <laughs> yeah, if anybody, if anybody wants to read and or fund it, let us know. It is not a bad it's not a bad story. I don't know. Did you think the subject what what'd you honestly think about it? I thought it was good. Okay. I, I thought it was it's exactly what I would imagine. Hmm. It's exactly what I imagined a Catholic match movie would be. Yes. Which is which is what you want. You don't want yeah. any surprises. No, you don't want to, you don't want to be like, oh gosh, they're like dealing with, you know, the crisis in the Middle East. That's kind of kind of weird. Yeah, this uh, is off. Cool. Um, this one comes from a person whose name is anonymous. Okay. Um, what should we call her? Lizzie. Cool. Lizzie is an F twenty one, which I believe is a type of fighter jet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think this type of relationship eventually leads to a godly marriage? If so, how can I help us get there? Great. Well, being a fighter jet will help because you can go very fast. Yes. Yes. Um, I, F21, have been dating my boyfriend, M25, <laughs> that's a kind of gun, uh, for about five months. <laughs> it's not. I don't think it is. I think I'm thinking of F15 and M15. M19? Whatever. There's an M5. I M5? don't know about an M25. What's, what's yeah. MI6? Is that? They contacted me recently. How do you spell FBI? <laughs> I'm doing too many bits. This is why Dr. Ethan's 80 quarter goes on for so long. Uh, we I are both Catholic, this. but I Great. get the, What? Nothing. I just said that's great. Oh, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. We're both Catholic, but I get the sense that growing in holiness and living a godly life, etc., are slightly more important to me than to him. For example, he mm. goes to mass every week and prays, but doesn't go to confession, read scripture, or fast until we started dating. Mm. He's a he's practicing Catholicism, but I'm not sure if it's out of genuine love of God or if it's just because that is what expected is expected in his family. He has said that being with me has really helped his spiritual life, but I don't know if the same is true for me. This concerns me because I ultimately hope to marry someone who helps me grow in virtue and holiness as much as I help him. I'm a little worried this won't be possible with my boyfriend. All right, Patrick, we're going to role play. Um, you're you're, you're going to be M25. I'm going to be F21. Okay, great. Okay? Cool. <clears throat> hey, uh, Reggie. Sure. <laughs> hey, Reggie, uh, do you have a second? Can I ask you a quick question? Absolutely, babe. I'm assuming they call each other babe. Probably. Um, I just, I just wanted to talk a little bit about our faith. Obviously I've loved praying with you and, and growing in a relationship with you, but I just wanted to ask you, um, do you feel like you're, you know, 
doing these things and praying and coming to mass and reading scripture because your family expects you to, or do you really like have a loving relationship with God? Actually don't answer that. I'm going to ask a podcast real quick. You jerk. <laughs> I'm, that's that. Honestly, it's as easy. She's asking. She's that like, was just a really know. roundabout and mean way to say it's communication, baby. It's, it really is. Cause it's like th- this guy, she, all you have to do to know, figure out if this guy has a, a, a loving a live relationship with God is to say, Hey, what's your relationship with God? Like, do you think it's contingent on our relationship? I think, do I, you think it's contingent on relationship or do you think you're doing it because of your family? Here's why I think you should be a That's little it. nicer than this. Um, I don't want to be nice. <laughs> I want, I want this person to, 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 I, yes, it's, it is. All, it's all about communication. That's all. It, I, I think, I think the reason why she may have not done this is because it's weird to go up to someone, anyone, and just be like, hey, do you think you're being Catholic because you're because of cultural reasons and not because of an authentic love of Jesus? Um, it's it's weird to do that. Uh, it's not weird to do that if you're thinking about marrying the person. Um, you may have just not considered that you could ask someone that question and that he might not be conscious of whether or not whether he's doing it just for you or for himself. And I think he needs to it's likely so you're you're approaching this thinking that people who are nominally catholic actively choose to be nominally catholic you know what i mean sure no i'm 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 looking at this in terms of not you her there's oh yes no that's true she you are you uh lizzie you are approaching this you are approaching this as if people who are nominally catholic just like decide to do that they wake up and they're like you know what might mess around and be nominally Catholic. It's something you slip into. It's something that happens when you don't examine yourself. And so if he's not, if, if he's nominally Catholic, as you say, you suspect he might be, he has never asked himself that question. Uh, it's likely. Like, no one's after ever asked him that question. No one's, no one's ever asked him that question. And so I would say that you should ask him that question. Um, and the thing that concerns me is that she said that she doesn't feel like he's helped her grow in holiness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's not good. I, it's it's possible, to answer the original question, it's possible that you guys will have a holy and happy marriage. It, what will make it not possible is if you continue on uh, not discussing these things with one another. Yes, I highly recommend like, it's you good to this. It's good to do them. And it's like, you if you because he loves you, he cares about you. If you say, hey, I'm going to go pray, I'm going to go to mass, I'm going to go, he's going to come with you because he loves you and cares about you. Yes, of course. And he's, and he's Catholic, right? So he's no reason not to. But if that if there's no conversation, like if you don't ask him, hey, what did you pray about today? You know, hey, what? How can I? How can we continue to help each other grow in in our spiritual life? Like, if you're in a relationship, it's not a weird thing to have like semi regular check ins about various things. Like, hey, am I spending enough? Am I help enough around the house? Am I, you know, uh, be are we are we talking enough? Like, it's it's not a weird thing to just as you're doing all of your other good boyfriend, girlfriend check-in things to ask, you know, Hey, am I helping you grow spiritually? What do you think you need? How do you think we can get there? Like it, it you just got to talk. It's possible. You just got to talk. talk. You have to talk. You just got to talk. It's okay. You'll be okay. But yeah, no, yeah this, I'm not worried about this. I've been way more worried about Dr. Ethan's dating corner questions than this person. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Uh, I have one more and this one no. is from Eliezer. Uh, You're joking. I am indeed. Thank you. <laughs> was that, that was it. That was, the, I have one that, that, that I'm, uh, that was the bit. I have one okay. Dr. Ethan's dating corner that I'm avoiding <laughs> reading and it says, should I stay on Catholic match parentheses? Will this kill your sponsorship? <laughs> Yeah, let's not read that one. <laughs> I don't think Catholic Match is is unaware of the fact that Catholic Match is not for everybody. Yes. I think part of uh, part if of if it what, were not, then they would call it Everyone Match. Yes, I think they call it Catholic Match on purpose. I think uh, Catholic Match as a company is not unaware is aware that uh, their goal is to get people to fall in love and find their match, um, and I think that they would tell you that if it's not working. Uh, stop giving them money yeah and move on i think that that's something that they would say because they're a good company and they're a good sponsor of the crunch they're good friends good people we like them we can't do that we thing like that, uh, that we can't do that thing that other podcasts do where they're like i've used this service and i really enjoy it uh because i've not used this service i've not used the service i did sign up for a catholic match account once when i was in college as a bit <laughs> but uh as soon as i saw women in their like 
like 26, 27 messaging me as a 21 year old guy. I was like, I'm not, I can't do that. That's not a good thing. This This is not right. (laughs) This feels predatory. I got to get out of here. Um, why is your age set that low? Have you ever met a 21 year old? Um, wait, Ethan, you set up a Catholic match profile. Yeah. That must've been pretty expensive. How much did it cost? It was actually free. Wow, that's crazy. Not. You can go set up a Catholic Match profile for free at catholicmatch.com slash crunch. Uh, yes, you can. Which it's free regardless, but you should do that so they, that they know that uh, we sent you. Uh, some of you obviously have done this already. Many of you obviously have done this. Otherwise, they would have pulled our sponsorship because we're not working. But we are working indeed. We're working and, it, baby. Uh, yeah, we've got we've got some more cool sponsorships lined up. I, I really do love the sponsorships that we have because uh, – the people that approach us are cool, and I like them. I love it that Patrick handles all of the sponsorships. Oh my gosh, for our it's pure luck, bliss, pure luck. Oh, uh, Discord.gg forward slash. It's in the link. It's link it. in description. I, yeah, join the Discord. We need two hundred people to join the Discord by the end of the year. We're so or close. I, or else I have to. What do I have to do, Patrick? I don't know. Do, do the it? amount of do as many do as many pushups as there are people in the Discord. So like if Ugh. we don't, yeah, you got to do like a hundred and there's 151 people in the discord right now. I don't know. I'm Wait, feeling I a little fatigued from the coronavirus. I don't know if I can, I can do that. My health, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. Let me check how many people are in the discord and then we can sign off. Okay. I think it's like 150. It's quite so. a few. Uh, the, there's a so little thing. join the discord, uh, facebook.com slash group slash the crunch cast, patreon.com slash the crunch. Things are looking up for the Crunchcast here at the end of the end of 2021. Indeed, uh, there's more content coming on patnevy.blog. There might even be something in a couple of days. You're kidding? No, I'm not kidding. It's I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm very excited. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about liberty. We're going to talk about justice and inequality, and how those two concepts are not opposites. We're going to talk about liberty. We're going to talk about equality. We're going to talk about fraternity. Oh dear. Oh no. <laughs> Wait, what is that again? Uh, uh, that's the French Revolution model. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. That's not good. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Do not forget to say your prayers. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you all next When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.